Hey, what's up, Brian? Hey, it always takes a couple of tries, but we got yeah, it. It's always good. It's always good. All right. Uh, welcome in, everyone. My name is Adam Kutulak, and my co-host here is Brian Crum, and this is Two Cents. Let's get to it. So uh, what we're going to start with today is talking about the Warriors and uh, their most recent acquisitions, Marcus Cousins, and whether just having a super team like that is good for the league or bad for the league or what our thoughts are on that. So for, with that, I'm going to pass it to Brian, just hear his thoughts on it, and we'll start it off. Yeah, well, I think uh, after this acquisition by the Warriors, uh, a lot of people have been talking about this. Uh, a lot of sports analysts hear this conversation on ESPN like every other day, it seems like. And mm-hmm. just, I listen to Sirius XM on the way home. And they're always talking about it. But so the hot take for them is that, oh, no, like only the average fan would see this as a uh, problem for the NBA. But for the fans that actually enjoy basketball, this is a good thing because we're seeing phenomenal basketball. It increases the level of play um, and that it's always good to have a super team or a dynasty in place because then you have the other teams trying to knock them off, you know? So yeah, I guess I, I, they opened my eyes to that uh, perspective, but I think that the Warriors team as it is right now is a terrible thing for the league. And I can't blame the Warriors at all for that because I mean, they've just done a phenomenal job with their drafting, having, Kyrie and or uh, Clay and Steph and Draymond drafted, and then being able to add the the pieces that they did with uh with Iguodala and Kevin Durant, and then having someone like Boogie Cousins wanting to sign for five million with them can't blame the Warriors at all. But I think it's terrible because I think that the Warriors were the best team in the league, even the year that the Cavs won when we were down three one. You know. Uh, yeah. Even without Kevin Durant. And then whenever they got Kevin Durant, I was just like, oh, this is ridiculous. The Warriors are just mm-hmm. by far, you know, a, a tier or two above everyone else in the league. And then they get Boogie Cousins. So now they have five of the top 20 players in the league playing for one team. I just don't see how that's a good thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I guess that, like, I understand the dynasty thing, wanted to knock people off, but. They Mm -hmm. are literally invincible now. Like the Patriots, you know, that's a wonderful dynasty that, you know, you love to hate them. You, you love to watch them make the Super Bowl, but then you love to, to see them, you know, get torn down by a triumphant, like Philadelphia Philadelphia Eagles Eagles with a a a quarterback. Exactly. You love those stories, but are you kidding me? There's, there's no room for any of those stories in the NBA with the Warriors at the, at the helm right now, you know, like, they're not your traditional dynasty team. They're just like they're they're in another league, you know. Yeah, I think I I think okay. I saw that meme or you showed it to <laughs> me or whatever. But it's just like you know, each year it progresses of how good the Warriors are, and you know, it's like comparing it to uh, the Michael Jordan movie, you know, where they turn into the monsters. Yeah, yeah, the monsters. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. Monsters. and it's like they are literally <laughs> on that level, dude. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to get into it a little bit here. Uh, I, I actually, like, I'm not a Warriors fan, but I love to hate them, I guess. 
So that's where I'm in the boat. Like you talked about, you know, I love to hate the Patriots when they get to the Super Bowl, but I sort of want to see him in it if it's not the Steelers, just so I can dislike someone. But I, I don't mind it too much. And I don't think that uh, – I don't know. I don't think it's as lopsided as you might say. I know I, I mean, they're obviously odds on favorite and stuff, but we have a young Celtics team in the East that's going to get better only over time. Kyrie Irving and Gordon, Gordon Hayward are going to come back, and I think that they still have a shot of winning it because I think that Brad Stevens is a phenomenal coach as well. Danny Age might make a move, whether it's for Kawhi Leonard or someone else throughout the year, to get maybe to push them over the top or just be competitive, you know? And the Rockets had them down games. Uh, they had them down 3-2 going into game six before Chris Paul was injured, you know. And I know they lost Trevor Ariza and the Warriors added Boogie Cousins, but Boogie has an Achilles tear right now. You never know how – let's put it this way. Not many players have ever really improved after an Achilles tear, you know. So we don't know when he's going to come back as – he could come back as March. He could come back in December. You know, we don't know where he's going to come back and how well he's going to fit in with his team as well. Because we saw, like, when you have too many stars on the team, you know, I know the Warriors are really unselfish, but just seeing that with the Thunder last year with Carmelo – Playing, you know, it just ended up just there wasn't a funk. I think the Thunder are going to take a step forward now that Melo, there's not the Melo doesn't need a shot as much. You know, what I mean, there's, he's not going to be there, so there's going to be other shots to go around for Ross George and other players. I don't know how that's going to work because Boogie's probably he's gonna, he's still in a contract here. You know what I mean? So he's going to have to progress with that, and he's still going to want to take some shots. He has to buy into their system where they can move him. I get that, but it is something to look for. You know, it's not like it's going to fit perfectly. You know. KD took a little bit of time to fit, and he, you know, he's a good fit though because he replaced Harrison Barnes, who obviously wasn't up to KD's level. But I want to see how Boogie fits in first, you know. And the Rockets did have him down, so we'll see how they go, especially if they can sign Melo, you know, potentially on their team as a low uh, income guy. You know, I mean, he, I don't think he's a Riza level, but he's still a guy you can fill a void for him. So I want to look into that and just see what happens. I don't want to like say it's over. You know, I, I overreacted early on. I said, um, uh the league's over or whatever like I, I want to take a step back I took a step back two days later and you know I thought about it. I'm like okay well the Celtics are still really good you know and the Sixers are young I don't think the Sixers are there yet you know but I think the Celtics with Kyrie Irving coming back in that leadership and he's done it before as, as well as potentially Gordon Hayward coming back and you know recovering a little bit I mean it, I just think that they have a chance the best chance of knocking him off and uh the Rockets are still there you know there's it's formidable and you sh we saw like one injury, potentially, you know, Iguodala. If it's not Iguodala, if it was Steph Curry who was out for that period of time, then what happens, you know? So injuries happen. We have to play it out. The West is even more physical with now LeBron coming to the West and, like, having Lance Stevenson and Rondo and as well. So I think that it's still really interesting. I'm really curious to see, especially now that LeBron's in the West, what's going to happen because the road to the finals is a lot harder. And George staying with the Thunder. I really want to see what uh, happens with that. Yeah, so, Adam, in some, though <clears> – <throat> Um, Houston was up 3-2 on Golden State, right? Yeah. Golden or yeah. Houston loses Trevor Ariza, and you forgot to mention, they lost Luke Mubb, uh, Balmonte, <laughs> who was another top defender for them. He just went to the Clippers. So they lost two of their top defenders, and that was two of the guys that were, you know, signed because they were geared towards beating the Warriors. So, mm -hmm. I mean, Ariza was already there, but he was definitely part of the plan. But – you lose two of your top players, you know, they're in the top seven rotation for them. And then the Warriors add another top 20 player in the NBA at the one position that they were considered, uh, you know, questionable at yeah. center. So I, I get it. Boogie's coming off of an Achilles injury, um, whatever. But the Warriors did not lose anyone 
that was major. They lost JaVale McGee. And upgraded. And upgraded to Cousins. And if Cousins comes back and is 70% of what he was, he's still far better than JaVale McGee. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be concerned. Everyone talks about being, oh, they're concerned about how he's going to fit in. You guys realize, like, you have to realize that if Boogie creates a problem for them, they are the dominant Golden State Warriors, two-time defending champions. They can just cut him. This is this is just this is just icing on the cake for them that they could sign him for five million dollars. That's not a big mm-hmm. deal for them to. It's not like they're going to be cutting a guy that they still have to pay twenty million throughout the season. They could cut this guy, and that's five million dollars. That's one hundred percent worth the risk of seeing if Boogie Cousins can come back as Boogie Cousins. Well, I'm not denying it's worth the risk. I'm, I'm well aware. I would do the same exact I don't, thing if I was but the that's Warriors. The thing. Not, I don't yeah, even not, think like, it's a risk at all. Yeah, no, I, know, I, I mean, I, I don't really – I mean, I think – If, if Boogie out, holds the ball goes, too but, long, if Boogie doesn't yeah. fit in their offensive <clears throat> scheme, whatever, then they sit him or they cut him and they go yeah. back to what was working. Like, it's yeah. not – It's not, and if he creates problems in the locker room, one, Draymond, you know, has no problem confronting confrontation. And they're friends you know, as well. They're friends as well. They're so friends. They sh- that should hold value. Yeah. And if he does, then it's, hey, you are just boogie. Like you <clears> said, he's in a contract year. And if he's a problem in the Golden State lock- locker room, Golden State is seen as like one of the most cohesive teams, like very, you know, I don't know, just like the ideal locker room. And if Boogie Cousins can't even fit in that, then he just loses so much yeah. value. So. I, mm-hmm. I don't see I don't, this Boogie Cousins thing being a bad thing at all. I just see, I mean, there's potential that I I, see, I can see potential where it doesn't work and they have to lose it. And, like, I think David West last year said, you don't know what we went through, you know, in the locker room and stuff. That We don't know what they went through. There could have been struggles. There could have been internal, you know, arguments and stuff. They just kept in-house. Adam, say, we don't know the what they way, went but, I mean, through and they won the NBA yeah. Finals for – with a four-game sweep. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, they were down – if Chris Paul stays healthy, they'd probably lose, though, is what I'm saying, though. You know, like, it's not – that's also there, you know, because the, whoever was coming yeah, out of the East wasn't going to that. Adam, that is last year. That. I know. The one team that contested them <clears throat> is now not nearly as good as they used to be. And yeah, no one Celtics else... are getting two stup- two stars back as well. Yes, so, I but mean, the Celtics still are there. still young. Like, I agree, the Celtics are fun. They're going to be an awesome team in two years if Kyrie stays. But the Celtics, they have not hit their window yet. Golden State is right in their window. You realize Golden State has, out of their top five guys who were all five All-Stars last year, Draymond Green, um, Boogie Cousins, Klay Thompson, Steph, and KD, they're all 28 to 30 years old. That is the prime of all of their careers. Yes, Boogie's coming off that Achilles, whatever. But that is the prime of all of their careers. Kyrie's hitting 27. Gordon Hayward's, I think he's at like 29 going on 30. And then after that, they have guys that, you know, stepped up and performed, but they're 25 and under. That It's just not their time. Especially um, going up against, they've never made the championship and they're going up. Kyrie Irving's the only one on that team that's made the championship. And they're going up against a team that has made the championship four years in a row. And this would be their fifth. I just, I just 
Yeah, I do not I'm just, see. I, I can't give it to him yet. I, I can't just give it to him yet, though. You know, they have to deal with injuries. They have to deal with complacency, you know, just by being so good. Like, they can take take nights off in the war. And the West got better. You know, I just feel like the West is going to be more di- – it's more difficult than the East anyway. With Utah, I mean, they're still going to be – whoever they play in the first – each round, they're going to have a battle, somewhat of a battle. You know, some guy, one or two guys who can go at them. Give them everything they have. I still think that that's going to be something significant. No, I just can't by, give it to the them West yet. You know what I mean? Like better, if they stay healthy, Adam. By the West getting better, I honestly think that that helps the Warriors because whenever it comes to down make them to more it, energized. No, well, no, because whenever you think about it, when it comes down to it, the Warriors. It's eight teams make it out of each um, each division. Yeah, or each conference. So the Warriors only have to play what one two three teams right yeah three teams yeah. to get to the finals mm-hmm. so no matter how, the west has 14 out of their 15 teams i'd say sacramento's still just not even relevant outside of that all 14 teams are relevant mm-hmm. we know the warriors are going to get the first or second seed yeah so they're just still gonna have to play three teams in the west no matter how good the west is there's going to be out of those 14 teams, six of them won't make it, right? Yeah. So then once they make it to the finals, it's less competitive because now they're not going up against a LeBron James from the East, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, just one more thing on that. I mean, I think that the Celtics could be better than – like they're a better team as a whole than the Cavs were this year. When they, if they I agree make, with if, that. If, they the, if oh. they reach the finals, it'll be more competitive then. I'm just saying yeah. like, you know – you, the Warriors potentially have to play the Timberwolves in the first, you know, as an AT like they were this year. You know, then they're up. It's still just something maybe they could take them five or six and injuries can sink in. One more fact I want to go into, and then I'll let you have the final word on this, is um, bat, in terms of bad for the NBA or not, I think that dynasties are one of the best things the NBA could have, just overall with ratings and stuff. Because if you look back at, you know, the highest rating ratings for the NBA – that was when Jordan was with the Bulls in 1998, his last season with the Bulls. So it was just, you know, the ratings, and they were all extremely high. And if you look sort of, if you look recently as well, they've been higher than they have been in the past ever since, you know, 2001, 2004, you know. So, like, the ratings have also increased with that, with the, and grown with the Warriors dynasty. So it's, I would say it's good for the league just because, you know, people like to hate them hate the Warriors so like they want to see them lose and see someone top them and with the intrigue of just having more good teams in the West as well as young teams that are up and coming in the East I think that that'll rise intrigue as long as um especially with an injury potentially happening with the Warriors or Boogie Cousins fitting in and you can have the last word and we'll transition yeah so I agree with you I think I think that they definitely draw interest and it's you know it's a fact that the ratings are up and you know, regardless of uh, how dominant they are, that's just in knowing that it won't be a game. I'm going to want to watch them because I'm going to want to see them potentially lose, like you said. That being said, though, I'm going to go circle back around to the fact that they're not a normal dynasty. Like when Jordan won his three rings with the Bulls and then had the year off and then won three more rings with the Bulls, it wasn't just a, a walk in the park for the Bulls. Like, this was still a competitive era in the NBA. Like, Michael wasn't just winning these series 4-1, 4-0 for an NBA title. 
you know? So the thing is, I, I think that dynasties are good for the league, but I don't think that they necessarily are because they're not your average dynasty. You're not getting to see that competitive play. So ratings might be up, but that's only for, you know, a shorter span of a series. So mm-hmm. if you have lower ratings over seven games, then that's you get more you get more viewers <clears throat> over the long term, you know? Yeah. So the these playoffs were so highly anticipated and they were a dud other than the conference finals in the East and the West. Those were the only exciting series really. Yeah. Other other than like Milwaukee and Boston in the first round. But I mean, I don't think many people tuned in for that still early on. Yeah, the, exactly. They didn't have their stars. So, I mean, that's not something that, you know. Right, right. Yeah, but, I mean, it went seven, but like, yeah. So, ratings might be up, but it's not It's not a long-term, you know, a long series for high yeah. ratings. Okay. Maybe we'll make a Twitter poll or something for this, but I'll just uh, put it out there and just see what you think. What uh, – so, right now – you know, with a potential risk of an injury or something like a boogie doesn't fit or whatever that is, whatever the Warriors potential risk could be. Are you going to take the Warriors or the field? I guess is my question. Just to have like your Twitter poll, put it out there and like, see what people have to say or like what their thoughts are. And I want to hear your thoughts on this real quick before we go. Warriors 100%. Okay. I'll, I'll go field with that. <laughs> I, I just, I'll go field just because the risk of injury and there's other risk. And I just, I know I mean, that I, there's a lot of potential of, you know, injury to happen, but yeah, I, I honestly think that it's a safer, safer to put your money towards the Warriors winning the championship this year than it is to put it in a, you know, a stock market or mutual fund. Not safer, but more yeah, yeah, realistic, yeah. Um, high return. Higher yeah. odds, higher odds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Okay, I was just curious on that, and I'll make that poll a little bit later today, yeah. and we'll just see what you guys have to think as well. So, um, do you want to transition to uh, yeah the next topic? Yeah. So, like, I mean, that being said, there are a lot of exciting teams in the NBA, like you're saying, especially in the West, and some young and up and coming. Yeah. So, if I, I mean, this year, um considering buying a week pass it's a little bit Mm -hmm. pricey but if i split it with my roommate it'd be like a hundred bucks each so with a week pass you get like five teams and i wanted to ask you what your take is on the five best teams for me to pick to be most excited about now it's not just like who's the five best teams it's just who's the most who's the five teams that are most entertaining exciting um, you know, to watch and to just watch grow through the season too. Yeah. So we'll uh okay. I think that, you know, first and oh, foremost, yeah. the LA Lakers, that should be, you know, almost everyone's first team just to see because it's new. You know, news intriguing to people, news like, okay, how's LeBron gonna fit with this roster? How's it gonna look and stuff? I'm very curious to see how it's gonna go. We'll probably do a podcast next week on how the Lakers, we see them panning out for the year with the moves they made so far, not the moves that, you know, they potentially will make. 
and stuff. So I think that the Lakers would be a very intriguing team just to see what happens and stuff. I want to see Boston and Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving both back for this year, especially Gordon Hayward being back in the fold because we saw Kyrie be the leader. But I want to see them both come back and see how the young guys mix with him and mesh. And I really want to see how Brad Stevens wants to fit in with that. So I think that would be another good team, especially since they're the front runners in the East. So, like, if you watch a few games with them throughout the year, you're going to see more than likely the uh, Warriors in the finals facing the Celtics. Unless the Philly, Philadelphia Sixers uh, find a way to make it, you know. And then, uh, I mean, Cavs, if you – you know, I don't know if you're even thinking Cavs because you have – No, Fox yeah, Ohio I got Fox Sports Ohio. Whatever, but the so Cavs are I'm leaving them out just because that's a, that's a home okay. team. Yeah, okay, so we'll leave them out for now. Um, I'm going to say Thunder. I think the Thunder are going to be cool. I, I don't I don't really have really a realistic expectation of them winning it, but I think having them in there uh, with Paul George without Melo now, he's going to get more shots. He's going to be able to improve a little bit. Roberson will be back. They're really good defensively whenever uh, uh, Paul George, Roberson, uh, starting fivers out there, Melo, Russ, and Adams. And with Melo being the, one of the worst defenders on our team and in the league overall, having Jeremy Grant or someone else fill that void, maybe Nerlens or well, they're going to be a really good defensive team. They can, you know, maybe yeah. scrape a few wins in. No, I just um, real quick on Thunder. I think that uh, <clears throat> Nerlens Noel, even though he's been somewhat of a dud, uh, I think that that's a sweet pickup for you guys, just because you got the, you got the rim running yeah. big. And uh, I also, like mm-hmm. you were saying, without Melo, uh, you know, you're losing Melo, and which is – Poor, poor defense, and you're getting back uh, your top defender, right? Yeah, yeah, we're getting back our top defender, yeah. Andre Roberson. And you I guys, believe can actually you guys guard the best of them. Whenever so. Roberson was in, right before he went out, you guys mm-hmm. were on like a good winning streak. I remember. <clears throat> so I think those two, those yeah. are two, yeah, key we were so defensive pickups. You know, I think those are yeah, yeah, and then um another team that. I'm really interested in just seeing uh, – have I said Golden State yet? No. I don't know if I have. Okay. You put them on your league pass? Uh, I just I, – I mean, yeah. they're going to be on TV. That's what often. I'm thinking. I just, they, yeah, I, I'm not really thinking Golden State. I have, an, um, hmm. I have another team, but I'm going to save them for last. I'm going to talk about them a little bit. But I was having the – I had the Cavs on the list. So let's just switch it up a little bit and go New Orleans Pelicans. I would, I think – Anthony Davis might become the MVP this year. He had he was averaging 30 points once DeMarcus Cousins went out, and they didn't really make an offer to sign Cousins or keep him long-term with the Pelicans. That's why he ended up with Golden State. So I think that they're really excited about Anthony Davis's growth, especially without having him on the floor. And they ended up doing, I think, better without him on their team. So I'm very excited to see Anthony Davis, a potential MVP candidate, going to uh, you know competing this year to see where he ends up in the West and potentially winning the MVP. We'll see if he it's his time to shine and – maybe challenge LeBron a little bit for the best player in the league. And then the final team I want to, I want to bring up is the Phoenix Suns. I'm really excited about their youth. I just, I am very excited about, you know, they just signed Devin Booker. They have Aiton. They have Josh Jackson. They just signed Trevor Ariza. So they have a lot of guys who are there and playmakers and they're young, you know, so yeah. I'm, I'm expecting them to be a little exciting. I'm not sure how much noise they're going to make this year as a whole, but I mean, I know that they're coming in what happens with them overall. Yeah. So that. Wait, wait. So you had, you had the Lakers, um, nice. Lakers, Boston, Pelicans, <clears throat> Phoenix, and who's your fifth? Oh, okay. Okay. See, that's right. That's right. Okay. Thunder, the thunder. 
Yeah, but that's just hometown buy. Yeah. I'm also excited to see how they do coming back with Paul George and Russ. And you know the hate yeah, they have towards uh, the Warriors. I, so. Okay, so those – you know, you're kind of helping, <clears throat> I guess. Those five teams – I've got ten teams I want to watch. <laughs> um, and that's that's outside of the Cavs okay. and, and the Warriors. So <clears throat> yeah. I've really got 12 teams. Um, but mm-hmm. you all, – all five of those are in my top five. Or in my top ten, my top ten. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. yeah. No, okay, no, 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 I was no. if I top five. There we go. I, but um, so first Lakers. I mean, that's that's a no brainer. You know, I'm with you there on that one. I think everyone yeah. is going to want to see how that plays out. I think that's going to be super interesting just to see how they gel together. I think that you know a lot of people were criticizing their moves after LeBron after they got LeBron because they aren't surrounding him with shooters <laughs> like he uh, traditionally has mm-hmm. been. And uh, so that'll be yeah. interesting to see how that experiment works out. But I like the players just individually. I don't know how they'll gel, but I like them individually because, I mean, Lance Stevenson, you know, we've seen him throughout all the playoffs matchups with LeBron, how he's just a gritty defender, gets in your face. Um, and then Rajon Rondo, like we saw him get into it with Draymond Green during the Pelicans series with uh, the Warriors too. Um, so I like – I like the gritty players that they're putting around LeBron. And I think that that's what Cleveland missed. You know, we had Kendrick Perkins sitting on our bench. He was tough, but we didn't have anyone else yeah. yet who was really tough. Like, JR was. I tough. thought Tristan should have filled that role. Yeah, you know, JR and guy Tristan. Who's paid a bunch of money, not to score. Tristan kind of did, you know. I mean, a little bit. It, he I could mean, have definitely filled it more, but. You got to be um, a goon. Yeah. For that much yeah. money. So, um, and JR's game just was nowhere near like he was just in his own head where he couldn't talk. So yeah, I think that that's going to be a fun team to watch, especially because it seems like magic's kind of trying to change the scenario where instead of LeBron distributing the ball to other players, why not have other, I mean, you have Lonzo ball and you have Rajon Rondo who are both Mm -hmm. incredible distributors. Why not have distributors, get the ball to LeBron, the arguably best player. Yeah. Um, why not have him, like a distributor finding him good looks so that he mm-hmm. can be your guy finishing. So I like that. It'll be interesting. Um, I also had the Phoenix Suns. They're they're honestly like my my top team, I think, to watch. Okay. Um, yeah. Just because of everything you said, <clears throat> they've got – I think that once the – their timeline is beautiful too. Once the, the Warriors dynasty is going to start dying down in two, two years minimum, we'll say four years maximum, right? So right around the three, four year yeah. mark, that's whenever the Suns are just ready to explode. You know, they have all this young talent. They just locked Booker up for long-term deal. They've got Josh Jackson mm-hmm. with him, Marquise Chris. People forget Dragon Bender. He was a top. He was a top uh, yeah. lottery pick, and he's a he's a just got Aiden. They just got Aiden. They I love the trade that they I I thought it was so sad that uh, My, Mikhail Bridges yeah. couldn't stay yeah. with uh, the Sixers, but I I love Mikhail Bridges. He's just so fun to watch with mm-hmm. Villanova. He's a perfect perfect role player to have with that young group, and then they also have like yeah. three solid veterans that I respect after watching through the league, like Tyson Chandler. Jared Dudley and like you said, Trevor Reza. So I think they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a. It's not a one hundred percent 
even mix, but it's a healthy mix of young talent being surrounded by quality veterans. So yeah, they're, they're a good they're right. a veteran. So like, I think that their window is beautiful for, you know, three to four years once the Warriors are down, but I think that they'll even still provide uh, some fun basketball to watch now. Um, so I've got mm-hmm. the Lakers, Phoenix, this one you didn't mention, but this <laughs> Denver Nuggets are actually high okay. on okay. my list because they just missed that eight spot last year. They mm-hmm. they missed it the year before too. Yeah, just missed it, was it. the year before. They missed just missed it and twice. So they just locked locked up their star player who they think could be the league MVP in Joku. Joku, um, Joku, yeah. And they have uh, Murray at point who he had a breakout season last year. Gary Harris Jr. is a three point stud. Um, Paul Millsap, and mm-hmm. then they just signed it. Which, yeah, I mean, I don't know how I feel like it has a negative, uh, a negative feeling or vibe <laughs> from uh, a lot of Cavs fans, but like him and LeBron didn't mesh. I get that, but I I like it. He was fun to watch. Whenever LeBron wasn't on yeah. the court, it was fun to watch it have the ball in his hands. Um, so I I like yeah. him. I like to see him have a bounce back season and just kind of show that he's worth the the high market next year. And then they also have the sleeper in uh, Michael Porter Jr. You know, they got the steal with him falling to them at 14, which was, you know, a low risk, high reward guy because they already have a a playoff team, you know, and they added IT and Michael Porter Jr. who are both guys questionable coming off of injury, but have a very high ceiling. So I think they're going to be a lot of fun. And I just, one of the reasons I didn't have... Oh, I was just going to say, and I just like Denver as a city. Mm-hmm. I like their uniforms. Yeah. I like the city. I think it, I think it's sweet. So what yeah. were you going to say about them, though? I was going to say one of the things that stopped me from putting Denver in there, because I did consider him a little bit, was that Michael Porter, we don't know if he's going to play all this year. Yeah. You know, it's up in the air. Well, so that's the only reason, you know. I mean, I know he, they have a I agree. But even without him, their starting five is arguably like a top five starting five in the league with... Um, if they throw, if IT ends up getting into their starting five, like IT, Murray, Harris, Joku, and Millsap. And then, mm-hmm. the, I mean, they also have, uh, oh, what's his name? Will Barden. So, mm-hmm. I mean, IT could be a six man of the year, but, yeah. uh, but I understand. Yeah. Michael that, that was Jr., the one concern. I, I wouldn't get, them. I wouldn't get the league pass for Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. Yeah. Said. But I thought that that would like, I mean, compa- I, you know, I only, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead yeah. Go. But then. So that's three. And then after that, like, it gets a little tough. I, w- I want to watch Boston. Boston's mm-hmm. also um, – they would make it four just for the reasons that you mentioned. And I still have a connection to Kyrie. I love him. <clears throat> I, I bought his jersey um, after the first Cavs game I watched after we drafted him. So yeah. I still have a connection with Kyrie, and I want to watch. He's just a fun player to watch around the rim, so I want to be able to watch him. Um, and then – so then my fifth, that's where it gets really tough. Like, I I love the Pelicans, like you said. I mm-hmm. thought that they would – They're def, Anthony Davis is definitely going to be more entertained to watch without Boogie. But I would have – if I got a lead pass last year, I would have had them on it because I think watching Boogie and Anthony Davis on the same team uh, would have been really exciting. And I wish that I, we got to see that play out a little more without him getting that Achilles injury. But – Obvious, 
Yeah, exactly. Ex- and losing Rondo right. sort of hurts as well. Right. So they kind of like they, league they're on my list. It's another gritty guy like we talked about earlier. Top five. Um, Sixers are definitely fun, but honestly, I kind of like. I was excited about them last year. If I got a week pass last year, they would have been on it. But I'm not as excited about them now. Like, it's kind of like – I mean, mm-hmm. I am, but I'm, there's teams that have jumped them now for me. Like, it's like, all right, um, Ben Simmons and uh, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are fun, but I'm kind of tired of it. Not tired of it, but, like, I've seen it. I'm, I'm fine. Um, but I still do want to watch them. Uh Thunder definitely up there because I think they're the gritty guys that you're talking yeah. about, and it's going to be fun to see Russ and Paul George's relationship just evolve on and off the court. Um, T Wolves are definitely up there, but now with like Jimmy Butler kind of creating uh, mm-hmm. some locker room problems, Andrew Wiggins, like I don't even know if Jimmy Butler is going to be there at the trade deadline because they might move him. Um, so they fell off. So yeah. <laughs> didn't get to it. So, I would say – wow, I'm looking at my notes. Yeah, I'd put, I'd put OKC. I'd put the Thunder in there. And I was – oh, the other team that I was – oh, no, no, not OKC. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, the other team that I – that's super interesting is Milwaukee because <laughs> they've got Bledsoe. They've got the Greek Freak. They've got Middleton, Brogdon. Oh, and I, they've got the length with Thonmaker and John Henson. And then they have another Cavs connection, Delhi, and they picked up Dante DiVincenzo. So I think Delhi and DiVincenzo are like, you know, fun, gritty, uh, non-traditional basketball players to watch. But this is a team that most people are tired of, but I'm excited mm-hmm. to watch. They're taking my fifth spot, the Washington Wizards, because I like John Wall. I love Bradley Beal. Okay. And everyone is tired of Dwight Howard, but I think I'm excited to see if he mm-hmm. actually works out there because I think Dwight Howard has got to – he's got to put in the work to to remake his name in this league. I think his, his reputation's on the line. I think he's going to try yeah. and actually – put in the work this year to fix that reputation. And he, he finished out 16 and 12 uh, points and rebounds last year. That being said, you know, on a, on a weaker team. So his stats were a little inflated, but I think having a big three of wall Beal, and then Dwight Howard, I I think that that's going to be fun to watch with an open East, you know? So I think this, that the Washington Wizards yeah. and Boston Celtics are my two teams in the East that watch outside of the Cavs. One note on Howard is uh, he did have a 30-20 game Charlotte as well earlier this year. And then he also um, – he hasn't had a player like Wall or Beal around him. I know Kemba Walker is probably the next closest. I don't think anyone when he was with the Hawks yeah. was really that great, you know, to let him. So now that he'll be energized and hopefully, you know, Wall and Beal demand a little more. Exactly. From him. He demands more from himself because he has an actual opportunity where he doesn't have to carry the team. But Beal and Walsh give him openings, sort of like how Stephen Adams yeah. has openings with you know Russ and Paul George slash into the hole where they can throw it up as oops. Uh, Howard should be able to have more opportunities. Maybe not as many shots, but more like easy layups, easy dunks, and then also more rebounds, just because they're more yeah. concerned about the outside shooters, outside guys, exactly. you know, slashers. So they're, I mean, yeah, that, you're right. They've got a that, good team where. Wall is a good ball dominant guard who, who creates. I mean, he averaged ten assists a game, 
the past couple yeah almost every yeah. year and uh so he he does the driving and distributing bradley beal is a phenomenal three-point shooter and then you've got dwight howard there to mm-hmm. clean up the the board and get some of those lobs from john wall i think that all those guys yeah. if they play their roles right they could really mesh well <clears throat> and our uh i'm gonna transition to our final topic because that's yeah, all right yeah. right now what do you think about that what do you think we about have, those uh, teams though Oh, I like I like yeah. all those teams. Uh, that's a, what I have. See, that's the a, five. I had Lakers, Boston, mm-hmm. Suns, right? And then you also had the Nuggets and the Warriors yeah. instead of OKC and Nola. And that's a, okay. that's the thing. The I, NBA, I like that. You can't. I the Warriors didn't ruin the NBA because there's so many exciting yeah. teams left, but they ruin mm-hmm. like those teams are all fun to watch and see them compete, but it. It sucks that yeah. the it's just the Warriors are in that ex that you know one level above all of mm-hmm. these teams. So I'm I'm still going to be excited to watch yeah. all these teams play, but I'm going into the season knowing that there is a 95 percent chance that the Golden State Warriors are going to win another title. You know, but yeah. go ahead, mm-hmm. go ahead. What's your what's your thoughts on okay. what's up next? Um, yeah, so our final topic, we at eight at, I think on ESPN. So, uh, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that, but I'll start off, you know, Bryce Harper, uh, we'll go to Vegas real quick. Bryce Harper is a favorite to win. He's 11 to four. So you have to put $4 down to win 11 back. And then we got, uh, Jesus, uh, Algora, Max Muncy, Freddie Freeman, Ryan Hushkin, and then, uh, three others that are in for it. But Harper's a heavy favorite. Then you got Jesus Algora. And then it's pretty much just the field. Like it's just like five, uh, worse than five to one odds for everyone else. So I'm just curious what your thoughts are on the home run derby and uh, stuff like that. That's kind of crazy that they put Harper at that big of a favorite, honestly. I mean, I know they're, I know he's the, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which home ballpark play a factor into it, but it's interesting because Harper's actually having a down year and they were saying that he probably wouldn't even be in this contest if he wasn't a hometown player, you know? So I'm, I'm definitely excited to watch Harper play. Um, I like Bryce Harper. He's fun to watch. So, I mean, I'm just going with the common man pick here. Uh, I'm excited to see what Harper does. I'm actually kind of surprised though that, that Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stan didn't make it because, I mean, that was the thing. Everyone was excited that, you know, Giancarlo Stan was going to uh, New York and they had all these uh, home run hitters with uh, Judge, Stan, and uh, Gary Sanchez. And it was just like a competition between them, who's going to hit more home runs and who's going to be the guy representing the Yankees at, uh, at the home run derby. And then they both just got cheated, you know. So I'm kind of bummed that yeah, both of them aren't in it and just that neither one of them is in it. But That would have been cool to see them compete against each other, especially in the yeah, first round of the home run derby, just because they would have fun with it as well. I agree with you there. Um, something else to note for this home run derby is I think that Harper's the only one with some experience um, in any home run derby. 
I think Freddie Freeman's the only really? other one who has over 100 home runs in total, which is insane because these guys are nice up-and-coming stars. Like, we didn't know Kyle Schorber, Bregman was in the World Series last year. But these guys, for the most part, are just coming up. You know, I think the Rodgers have a rookie at Max Muncy. So we're not really sure what we have here. You know, like, these guys are hitting a lot of home runs right now, but they're not, yeah. you know, it's just they're young bucks. You know, they're young bloods, which we don't really know much about. And I'm just – I want to ask you, what do you, how much do you think uh, experience in a home run derby, you know, how to pace yourself with stamina and stuff, especially with also being your own home bar park, home ballpark, does that factor in for Bryce Harper's chances of winning compared to yeah, the rest of the field? That's a, uh, that's an interesting question, Adam. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I think that, I think that it's good because I think that uh, having those young players on that, that, you know, primetime stage trying to each, I think that it's going to increase the competitive and the competitiveness. And um, just because it's a bunch of young guys who are hungry for the limelight. So I think it, it'll be fun to watch. And then that being said, like, I, I think Bryce Harper definitely has an advantage though, because uh, he doesn't have those nerves anymore. And he's also the hometown favorite. So he's going to have a lot of excitement behind him. And I don't know what the stat is, but I know that the, the last like five years I've, I've tuned into two home run derbies and there was mm -hmm. a guy from Cincinnati who won it whenever the all-star game was in the home run derby was in Cincy. And then Giancarlo Stanton won it. I don't think Joey Votto, Votto honestly. I, I don't know. Okay. Um, and then Giancarlo Stanton won it whenever it was in uh, the Marlins stadium. So that being said, like, it seems like there's a favorable um, chance for the hometown favorite. But I don't know the stats on that or anything. It's yeah. just what it seems like to me. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I'm probably going to go uh... – I'm just going to go Harper as well, just because I, I mean, he's still a superstar, you know, he's had an off year at batting average wise, but he's third in the NL with home runs. So that's what this is going to be about. And uh, I think just being the comfort of yeah. being at home, not in a hotel or anything like that, you know, sleeping at home, still at home and then having uh, your home ballpark there. And yeah. then also having experience with stamina and stuff, you know, I mean, these guys are professional athletes, but they're also really young because they've only, you know, only Freddie Freeman's the only one who's ever hit over 100 or yeah. has over 100 home runs in, in their MLB career. So and that's I, something I think if we're going off of this season, this. then but, Freddie yeah. Freeman is the favorite because he's had yeah. the best season by far out of out of this group. <clears throat> so I'm I'm taking the yeah. easy way out since I don't know yeah. and, as much about baseball as I do about basketball, but uh, I'm going with the two yeah. biggest names, I guess, Bryce Harper from from the name he's created for himself from the, from his past. And then Freddie Freeman based on this season. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, the player yeah. you're talking about earlier yep. was Todd Frazier for the Cincinnati Reds. So you were right. It wasn't, uh, yeah. Uh, Joey Botto. One more thing that's sort of funny that I caught was, uh, Bryce Harper's best season home runs wise was 2015. He had 42 home runs. And then one seed in this is Miguel, our uh, uh, Jesus Algura from the Mo uh, Milwaukee Brewers. He has 40 <laughs> career home runs, which is just amazing to me because, you know, like a whole season Harper has 40 and Miguel Segura has four, 40 in his entire career. 
and then all um Max Muncy the three seed because uh, Harper's a two seed. Max Muncy the three seed only has twenty six career home runs. Yeah. He has twenty one this year. I think he's a rookie because he played, came up a little bit later last year. So it's just amusing to me how like Harper in a season has more than these guys. That's, most of these guys have in their career. career. I I know so, um, that's another his name from uh, our fantasy baseball team, Adam. <clears throat> me, me and Adam actually share a fantasy baseball team. Yeah. And, we're we're kind of killing it, but one of the guys who's always on the top of the waiver wires yeah. is uh, that Mootsy guy from LA. Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, I think with that we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, thank you for listening with us. It was an enjoyable podcast. We had a good debate. You know whether the Warriors or the field. You know who has a better chance of winning it. A lot all overall. We laid it, laid our points in two cents. We talked about the top five teams we'd like to see this next year, other than the Cavs because they'll be on our television well they'll regardless. be on mine i don't um, know about you Adam. and we talked about yeah well i should be i should be good at mary yet i don't think any anything yeah, else is gonna interfere yeah with that i guess i guess down there you know, out of the uh, local cable not not because by default, i mean fan. yeah <laughs> oh, oh no 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 not not as, I'm, I'm curious to see how colin sexton fits yeah. in and kevin love you know potentially hey, have a bigger role your calves see if he goes back to his timberwolves days tonight, adam the Cavs are playing in the uh quarterfinals for the nba summer league <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I'm that big oh, of a I, follower there. Colin I'll Sexton's, wait. Yeah. He's been putting up like 18 points a game. Oh, he's looking good. And then what else, what, yeah. what's being overlooked, though, is uh, is Jetty Osman's putting up 20 points a game. And mm-hmm. Monte Zijic, our, uh, yeah. our center that we got in the Kyrie Irving trade, he's been putting up yeah. like 24 points a game. <laughs> so they're all in the top. Wow. Okay. They're all in the top 15 of summer <clears> league scoring, which – doesn't carry much weight, but it's good to see, you know. It's still something. You'd rather have them higher yeah. than lower. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yep. But uh, but to wrap it up, uh, thank you for tuning in today. And we'll probably get you – we'll probably have this week. Um, so thank you for tuning Sounds in. good, man. All right. See you, Adam. See you.